0: Welcome to the First Prez podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Prez at wwwfirst presidentorg Well, would you turn in your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 1, one final time as we finish our series, uh, start looking at the first chapter of Mark, and the scripture comes to us today from Mark chapter 1, verses 21 to 28. I encourage you to, to read along on the screens in front of you or to open up your Bible and follow along. Hear now the word of the Lord. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to impure spirits, and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. We are grateful for God's word. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word, and we pray that you would open our hearts to receive your word implant it in our hearts in a way, Lord, that brings us life and, and salvation and grace and truth to the glory of the name of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, the, the Olympics are, are underway. Yay! I know, it's fun. And so Friday night, uh, my family and I, we were down here downtown to watch the opening ceremony. Did anybody come downtown for that? It was cold, but it was, it was fun to be part of Olympic City USA and watch uh, the torch get lit by uh, an Olympian. And, you know, Colorado sends... I learned that Coloradoans send more uh, people to the Olympics, more Olympians than any other state. Actually, by far in the Winter Olympics, which is just one more reason that we are the best. This one Colorado and has already brought home gold. I mean, we're, we're clearly, clearly the best, and it's not bragging, it's just the facts. <laughs> but as the Olympics have started, have you noticed something? I've noticed something that uh, not only is the start important, as we've been talking about the start, but, you know, there's a lot of attention given to the finish line. I've noticed that. See, my powers of perception <laughs> are profound. <laughs> And so it's not just the start, but it's the finish that matters. Now, the start is critical. The start is very important. I heard a story a pastor told about being in high school, and he was in track, and he, had, he didn't put his, uh, his blocks down into the, the lane in the right way. And as soon as the gun went off and he was trying to sprint, whoosh, the blocks pulled out. He landed on his face in a split second. Bam! Faster than anybody else landed on their face but that wasn't what the race was for. So the start is important, but the finish is also critical. When we began this series and the start, the start is the hardest part. A friend in the church came up to me and said, Pastor Tim, you know, actually, uh, the start is not that hard for me. I love to start things. It's the finish that becomes a challenge. When we start, do we have the courage and the conviction to keep on until the end. This is our last message for this series from Mark chapter 1. We know that God is calling us to start something. We know that if, if we don't make a start, then we're making an end. We know we can't afford to lose all that we will lose if we don't start all that God calls us to start. We've seen how a good start will lead us into ups and downs, and we have to carry through that. We've seen how a good start needs a vision and a mission statement to keep us on track. And last week, we learned about how Jesus gathers up friends into a good start and moves out with urgency. As Pastor Jennifer encouraged us, as long as it is called today, let's encourage one another to carry on right now in what God has called us to do. Well, this morning, we want to recognize, finally... That if we want to start like Jesus, if we want to begin with Jesus, Jesus builds the resolve to carry on into the beginning. Jesus starts with a no-quit attitude. He builds in persistence to carry through the resistance. Or, if we want to put it this way, Jesus puts heart into the start Jesus puts heart into the start that's so cheesy I don't know if it helps you or not right but maybe Tuesday morning you'll remember that when you're thinking about what happened on Sunday Jesus put heart into the start Jesus found a beginning and he made a start Mark verse chapter 1 1 the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah the Son of God it's the start of things he made a start And he defined the mission. In verse 15 we read, the mission is proclaiming the gospel of God. Jesus said, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And now we see that Jesus has called others forward into this mission, into this beginning, and they start in earnest to teach, to proclaim, to explain the kingdom of God, the truth. And Jesus walks into a synagogue in Capernaum. Now, synagogues were not temples. There was only one temple that was in Jerusalem. Synagogues were places where the people of God would gather and they would pray and and they would read the Torah together and encourage one another in the word of God. And they would think about and remember what was happening in Jerusalem at the temple. But it wasn't the temple. It was a gathering place. And Jesus came in and he stood up and he began to teach. And this was not interrupting the regular course of events. This was how this happened. Regular men would stand up and they would teach and they would lead discussion throughout the morning. And so Jesus isn't stepping on anybody's toes here. But as he steps up and he begins to teach, something different happened. Look at verses 21, 22. They went to Capernaum and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. And the people... We were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Jesus is making a beginning. He, he had taught a little bit to people around the baptism, baptism in the Jordan, people who enjoyed what he said, and now he begins to preach where he's going to meet some resistance. And as he stood to teach, something happened. There was authority. The people were amazed, it says, because Jesus taught them as one who had authority and not as teachers of the law. They were amazed. Now, they had heard teaching before. Why were they amazed at Jesus? They were amazed because Jesus taught the word of God with what? Say it with me. Authority. You see, and it says not as the scribes, not as the teachers of the law. They had heard scribes before and they had heard others before, but Jesus was doing something different. You see, there are some who teach you the Bible and and they just tell you what's in the Bible and they believe they've done their job. That's what's there, that's what's in it, that's it. And then there are others who will teach you in well-intentioned ways. They'll they'll teach you the six steps to, to living the good life, you know, and they'll sprinkle a few scriptures on top of that, just to help you along the way. Jesus is different. Jesus teaches the word with authority. And what happens to the people when they see that is they're amazed. They've never experienced this. So I want to give us four ideas about why did Jesus teach with authority before we go on to talk about beginning with resolve to finish. Four reasons why Jesus taught with authority. You see, the people, they had heard the scribes teach before. They had heard charlatans teach before. But when Jesus opened his mouth, it was totally different. They've never seen that before. He taught with authority. Here's four reasons. Number one, Jesus' teaching applies to life. Somehow when Jesus opened up the word of God and when he began to speak, the people had the feeling that this applies to my life. This matters to me. Jesus taught with application. It wasn't just an empty academic exercise. In another gospel, the gospel of Matthew, when people were in the same way they were amazed at Jesus Teaching with authority. He told them, Matthew 7, verse 24, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and what puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Jesus teaches with application. When he teaches, you don't just hear, you do. He teaches with authority. Number two, Jesus' teaching makes a difference. Why does he have an authority that resonates? Jesus' teaching makes a difference. The ideas, the words, the the preaching of Jesus makes an impact on the community. The world starts to change when his ideas are spoken. It makes a difference. Number three, Jesus speaks with authority because Jesus' teaching has spiritual power. And now look ahead, read ahead in the passage. We look at verse 23. Just then a man in their synagogue, a man they knew, was with them in the community. When Jesus began to teach, just then, a man in the synagogue, uh, who was possessed by an impure spirit, cried out, He says, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. He says, who are you coming at me in these spiritual places? And Jesus says, be quiet, come out of him. Who's he talking to? He's not talking to the man. He's talking to the impure spirit that has captured this man's mind, his life, and made his life a living terror. Jesus' teaching has power in realms that you and I fear that we do not. Jesus has power to win spiritual battles. His teaching has power in spiritual places. The word of God never returns void. It does exactly what God has sent it out to do. Jesus' teaching has authority because it resonates in spiritual places. Number four, Jesus' teaching sets people free. Never forget that. Jesus didn't come to to bind up and to burden. Jesus came to set people free. If you're wrestling right now with some teaching of Jesus and you have not yet come to understand how that teaching of Jesus sets you free, then listen, you're not done wrestling with that teaching of Jesus because all of Jesus' teaching sets you free. Jesus says, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The truth will set you free. Jesus' teaching sets you free. Error and confusion are chains. They're chains. That's where life gets small and dark and narrow. When we walk away from the way of God, the teaching of Jesus sets us free. And so Jesus teaches with authority, and the people are amazed. Now... That kind of teaching meets with resistance. Whenever you start something, whenever you begin to to lead something, whenever you change something, there's going to be resistance. Someone is going to be upset. You can't lead people without making some of them upset. Do you know that? Just decide, I'm either going to lead or not but don't lead thinking that you won't make people upset. Ed Stetzer is a researcher of uh, church growth and church decline, and he came and spoke to us at our our national gathering just last week, and he said said, at any given moment, there should be people upset with you in your church. In fact, he said, if you don't have at least 10% of your church mad at you, you're probably not leading them into anything significant. <laughs> so I thought about that. and I thought, maybe we better take a poll, you know, make sure that we're there. So anybody who's mad at Tim, just throw your hand. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. I don't want to know. I don't want to see it. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. And that's okay, isn't it? It's okay, we disagree and we we learn from that and we express our disagreements. We we learn, we grow. It's okay, listen. But listen, anything you start, any change that you lead is gonna be met with resistance. And resistance is difficult and you can be tempted to give up. But Jesus built in the resolve to keep going right in the beginning. He baked the persistence right into the cake from the start. Now we can give each other some inspiring quotes. Winston Churchill said, kites rise highest against the wind, not with it. That's my Winston Churchill voice. I need a a cigar to do that one. Kites rise highest against the wind. Okay, keep on. Frederick Douglass said, if there's no struggle, there's no progress. You know, expect the struggle. I think that's true. John F. Kennedy said, change is the law of life. And, in any, uh, and those who look only to the past or present are certain to miss the future. No, yeah, you can't get stuck in the past or even in the present and expect to be a part of the future. We must accept change and lead through change. But looking for, for those inspiring quotes, I also found this. When asked, would you rather work for change or just complain, 81% of the respondents replied, do I have to pick? This is hard. (laughs) I'm not sure that's real research. But persistence is hard. I mean, resistance is difficult. You know, and you need persistence to carry through. Change is going to produce friction. It's going to to produce upsetness. Anything that we we start to do is going to meet with resistance. And if you're not ready for that, you may just quit early. And if you quit early, if you quit before it's done, if you don't go the final lap, then you don't get to see what God had planned to bring into being. In fact, if you quit early, then it is as if you never made the start at all. You've got to put the heart into the start. You've got to carry on to the end. Keep going. A friend of mine told a story, told me about losing his car in the garage up at uh, the airport in Denver. And... Um, He said, I travel all the time for work, but this time I was traveling with a good friend. So we drove up and we were talking the whole time. And and we were really in deep conversation when we parked the car. And we went and traveled. We traveled to London, which is a long way away. So when we got back, I would fog anyway. And we looked at each other and said, well, do you know where the car is? No. Do you know where the car is? I have no idea. And so they, they walked around the parking lot pushing that red panic button. You know, over and over again, trying to find their car. They walked around for an hour. And then they learned that there's an office at the airport up there that takes a picture of every license plate and knows where the car is parked. This is helpful information, by the way. <laughs> because next time you're sleeping under a van in the parking lot, you know, they know where your car is. So they went to this office and they told them where the car was and they took them, in fact, to get to the car. Here's the point. Here's the point as they drove up to where they found their car, they realized they had quit just about 50 yards from where they probably would have found their car. If you quit early, you don't get to see what God planned. If you quit before the end, if you give up before the finish, if you don't keep going in what God has called you to start, you won't see what God wanted to bring about. And it may just be a few more steps away. Or remember the, the, the battle of Jericho. Joshua leading the people of God into the promised land, coming upon the city of Jericho with its great wall. And what did God tell the the people to do? He said, you're going to walk around that wall. For six days, once a day, you'll walk all the way around the perimeter of the city. And of course, everybody, all the military commanders said, this sounds like a swimmingly wonderful idea, right? How foolish they would have felt walking around the perimeter of the city as the, the people in Jericho might have yelled down, are you planning to attack our wall? I I don't think so. We're just kind of walking around here. <laughs> I'm not sure. But they carried on. They kept going. They kept going. And then on the seventh day, it only got worse. God said, on the seventh day, I want you to go and I want you to walk around seven times in one day. Keep going. Keep going. And they carried on and they shouted and, and they prayed and they blew the trumpets and the walls came tumbling down and the people of God walked into all the promises that God had planned for them. Listen, they didn't quit, you see. They might have quit. If I was in that group, I know I would have quit. I would have quit the first day halfway around. This is ridiculous. Can't we do something else? But they didn't quit. They didn't quit. They kept going. They didn't quit on the fifth day. They didn't quit on the sixth day. They didn't quit on the seventh day on the sixth lap. What if that was when they said, that's it, I'm out? They kept going. And on the last lap, they saw all of God's plans break through for them. Don't quit, keep going. These people, they had seventh lap on the seventh day resolve, you see. Now, if we want to start like Jesus, if Jesus is calling us to do something, we want to begin something, we want to begin in the pattern of Jesus. Listen, Jesus had seventh lap on the seventh day resolve, and he's asking us, will you carry on to the end? Will you keep on to the finish? Don't quit early. You might be one lap away from the breakthrough that God has been intending all along. Keep on. Keep on and see what God as planned, Amen? We want to carry on. So, what gives you seventh day, seventh lap resolve? Let me suggest three things out of Mark chapter 1 as we finish this series that will give you seventh day, seventh lap resolve. Number one, you need a call. A call. You need a call. When you're responding to God's voice, to God's purposes in your life, you have a purpose, you have a mission, you have a call. And when that call matches up with Scripture and when it matches up with the counsel of those around you that you trust and you start to see that call unfold, then you know that you're you're moving toward what God has planned for you. F.B. Meyer said, look for the three lights of divine direction. He said, there will be an, an inner kind of call, the Lord calling you to do something. There will be an outer kind of a call where that call is, is, is matched with Scripture and with wise counsel of elders. And there will be a, a divine sort of providence as doors open up and, and you can see it unfolding before you that God is doing something that he wants you to be a, a part of. When you have the conviction of a call, you know with confidence that God wants you doing something, well then it's just a matter of obedience. Are you going to do it or not? Sometimes we shrink back, worried about the results. Listen to me now. Listen. Listen the results are up to God. The obedience is up to you. Yours is the obedience. God's are the results. You have a call. Number two, seven-day, seven-lap resolve. Number two, a vision. You can see the preferred future that's out there that this action is going to bring about. For Jesus, it was the good news of the kingdom, the good news of God. The kingdom of God is coming, and it's worth it. It's worth all of this that we're going through because it's going to bring beauty. It's going to bring truth. It's going to bring all kinds of goodness and justice and love and, and healing and freedom. It's going to set people free. Jesus knew that's beautiful enough for me to sacrifice for. You need a vision. Time spent on vision at the start is never wasted time. Take time to fill out the vision, what you're fighting for. Smell it, taste it, you know. Roll around in it. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be worth the sacrifice. How do you bake hard into the start like Jesus? Have a call, have a vision. And third, go with friends. Go together. Walk together. Friends can give you the energy the persistence to carry on past the resistance. Mark Batterson is a pastor in D.C., and he he writes a lot about one particular uh, figure in the Old Testament, one of David's mighty men named Benaiah. You might not know the name Benaiah, because he would read right past it if you didn't notice it. But the scriptures tell us something about Beniah that along with all of the military conquests that made him famous, he did something. He, He went down into a pit to kill a lion on a snowy day. Just by the way. You know? Now, Batterson says, once you have a friend who killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day, the obstacles that you're facing in life they feel a little smaller. They just feel a little more doable, you know? If he can do that, maybe I can carry on and finish this. Who's around you that inspires you? I'm so inspired by the men and the women of this church. I'm inspired by those who come and and they lead us in worship week by week. They volunteer and sacrificially give their time to be in the choir, the worship band, or other areas that help us to worship week by week. It's inspiring. I'm inspired by people who teach the word of God to, to, to others, to men and women and children all throughout this church. Even some of them with great responsibilities all week long, they sacrifice to prepare to teach the word of God to the people of God on Sunday mornings. It's beautiful, it's inspiring. I'm inspired by uh, our nursery workers and our children's ministry workers and our our middle school youth leaders. Come on, right? I mean, thank you. That's inspiring. I'm inspired by marriages that have made it 30, 40, 50. You know, we have some 60-year marriages in this church. You don't get there by just dancing through the tulips, folks. That's inspiring. Who are you inspired by? Who's around you? Listen, if you haven't found someone in this church that inspires you, you are simply not paying attention. Who are you running with? who are you gathered around? You want to bake heart into the start. you've got to make sure you've got a call, you've got a vision, and you're surrounded by people that will help you to carry on and to persist finish with this a week ago Nick Foles led the Philadelphia Eagles to victory in the Super Bowl didn't that feel like a long time ago that was only seven days ago and what a great game what a great game and I'm not casting it in terms of good defeating evil Because it speaks for itself. (laughs) Nick Foles, Nick Foles, believer, child of God, loves Jesus, you know? And he wanted everyone to know that's what it's about for me. This is glory to God, glory to to Jesus for giving me this opportunity. Nick Foles, do you know this? He got in front of the microphone and he said, You know, it was just a few months ago, I was ready to quit playing football. I was going to throw it in, you know, throw in the towel. I was frustrated. It's just not what I wanted it to be. Nick Fools. And he said, God told me to hang in and carry on. So I did. And there you go. Second string, about to quit, QB2 backup quarterback to Super Bowl most valuable player. You know, don't quit. You don't know if you're on the sixth lap on the seventh day. You don't know if you're just one step away from the breakthrough that God intends. If you're just one more push from seeing all that God intended when he told you to start at it. Don't give up. Keep going. God has called you to do it. He has urged you to do it. You step forward and stay faithful and stay committed to the end. God, who is faithful, will carry it through Philippians 1.6 says, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Friends, don't quit. Don't give up. Carry on. Push through. Keep going. Because even when you feel like you may falter, when you feel that you are at the end of your rope, He who began a good work in you we'll be faithful to complete it. Let's pray. Lord, when the wind is in our face and it all feels uphill, and we're at the end of our rope and our energies and we're tempted to quit, help us to carry on, Lord. Help us to remember why you called us to start this thing in the first place, whatever it is, Lord. We submit ourselves to you, We ask, Lord, that you hold on to us and use our lives to your glory to accomplish exactly what you want to do and help us to hang on. When we can't hang on to you, hang on to us by your grace. For whatever else we are today, Lord Jesus, you know and you see we are yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.